What is up, you guys? Welcome back to episode 47 of the Lombard Trucking Show. Time of recording. I'm still here. The Ramada Inn, Hagerstown, Maryland. Uh, you know, I might I might as well change my residency. Uh, no update really yet. Like I said, the part for my truck should be here Monday. So hopefully by the time you're listening to these, I'm out of here and I'm on the road. So without any further delay, uh, I'm very excited to have uh, this guest on with me today. Um, cut. Quite, quite the TikTok star, I'm not going to lie. He's very popular in the Trucker Talk algorithm. If it, if the Trucker Talk algorithms come across your For You page, you must have seen this gentleman. He's a, he's a top dog out there. He's the gosh darn bona fide American hero, professional flat better himself, Mr. Jesse Barrymore. Thanks for coming on the show to, today with me, man. It's, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm happy to be here and not in uh, Hagerstown, Maryland, dude. Yeah, I'm. I you. I believe you're in New Mexico at the moment. You said right. Yeah, right. I am in rural northeastern New Mexico. In recording live from a hundred and seven year old farmhouse. So, oh, that's sick. I I think I saw your your video. Your this is a piece of land your your family owns, and you kind of yeah, grew up yeah. going there a little bit. Yeah, my my parents lived here when I was young, and I spent every summer out here, and then um they moved to california they but they just recently moved back here full time so this oh, that's is my awesome. first time visiting them in a while so oh that's cool. awesome so speaking of like california i guess what you know what's your story man where where are you from where'd you where'd you grow up kind of you know who what's what's your tale all all over sort of i mean most of my life my young life i spent in northern california for the most part around redding in the the wider area and then um that's where I started when I was trucking too, is in California, up in the northeast corner near Alturas, which is also kind of the middle of nowhere. And um, I started, I went over the road because I was actually looking just to get my interstate CDL license. I had an avenue for driving in state, but I couldn't leave the state, right? So I wanted to uh, get my interstate license to do some stuff I was trying to do on the side. And then I enjoyed the over the road trucking so much that I ended up just, I just kept doing that for a long time actually. And uh, yeah, I guess the rest is history. Yeah. That's awesome. So where'd you, you know, who, who'd you start out with when you were driving? I guess, how old were you? I, I went with CR England uh, when I first started, I, you know, went in their program, went through their class, went out with the trainer Um I I had an awesome the first guy they sent me out with was awesome in fact he taught me a lot of stuff. The second guy they sent me out with was a complete nightmare and uh it almost made me never want to drive a truck ever again but you know we make it through. Yeah <laughs> dude I was going to say I've I've heard I've never heard a good thing about CR England. <laughs> you know what I'll, I'll tell you while well, since you haven't heard any anything good about CR England I'll tell you this I got on a dedicated a fleet pretty shortly after I started working there and I actually made really good money the rest of my time there. I, I got kind of spoiled. Um, these big companies, there are, there is money to be made, but you got to get in the right area and, um, you kind of have to schmooze and get, you know, the right spot. If you're just general OTR, I don't know that you're ever going to make a ton of money at England or Swift. Yeah. Or places like that. No, that's, I think, I think you're absolutely right on that. Like when you can, if you, it depends that like trucking isn't one size fits all. You got it like it, it's really dependent on where you live. So how you want to get home and the lanes that these companies have that there's kind of an unknown and random to that that you learn. But it's good you didn't have like a 
all around horrible experience with CR England. So how long, how long were you with them? I think I remember in a video you shared, you kind of, you, you've been trucking for 10 years, right? To total. Um, yeah, this is my 10th year. Um, but I can't say that it's been consecutive because about three of those years I was doing some other stuff besides trucking, but, um, I've always had a little bit of it going on even when I'm doing other things. So, yeah. Now, and like, so you, did you start like right when you were 21, you got your CDL? Yeah, actually a little bit before I was 21. And then of course went interstate right at 21. As soon as I turned 21, I was over the road. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, you didn't, you just, you kind of came right out of high school and like got, got right into it. No, it's pretty, sometimes yeah, I wish yeah, I, I grew up, I grew up like in and around industries where there was a lot of trucking going on. Like my dad was a logger. And so there was always like log trucks, equipment trucks, and he had equipment when I was a kid. And um, so I had some familiarity. And then of course, where I grew up to was a big agriculture area. So there was always a lot of hay and stuff like that going on as well. So it's kind of something I grew up with a little bit. Okay, awesome. So, and right now you work for a company called Central Oregon Truck Lines. You know, what what got you over there? And uh, yeah, what's uh, what are they like? Um, one moment I've got this dog that's being crazy right here. Hey, get out of here. Go on, go on. Yeah, I uh, started at Central Oregon in 2019. Um, funny enough, though, I'd actually, I first applied to them, I think it was 2000. 2015 um i had a a family i was at a wedding and this guy showed up in a central oregon truck and trailer this wedding's way out in the middle of nowhere and, and i started talking to him and i said hey that's pretty cool that your company lets you bring your truck and trailer way out here to the boonies to go to this wedding and he was like yeah this place is awesome you should check them out so i called him and i said hey i i kind of want to come do it you know work with you guys and they they looked at my resume and they said i don't think we need you to we need your help you know and i was like that sucks <laughs> and then i kept trucking and i i applied two more times and finally in 2019 they they gave me a shot and i've been here since so <laughs> nice so what what are the what are the prerequisites there did they want you to have flatbed experience or did they need you to have they've loosened know? up as time has gone on, but I think back then you needed to have, um, I want to say it was like you had to have three years of experience and they wanted at least one of them to be flatbed, I think is what it was. Um, and now of course, you know, like most places they've softened up a little bit on that, but I think now we're only, you, you only need a year of OTR before they'll, they'll get you going and we'll train for flatbed now. Oh, so they'll come out and train you. Yeah, that seems to be the norm at a lot of places now because, I mean, guys are retiring. I mean, the turnover is really high, and, uh, you know, and Central Oregon's probably wanting to keep guys, and they want to get guys on there. So that's so that's good. So just, I guess, for any of the listeners out there who are looking for a good company. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, clearly you've been with them for a while. You've been with them since 2019. You know, you 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 talk about them. You, you advertise for them a lot on, online, and uh, I'm, I'm going to assume they don't pay you for that, uh, which says uh, a lot about not. the yeah, which says a lot about the company. So, I mean, you know, what yeah. separates them from, you know, what makes them so great? You know, they've they've been really good to me. One thing I've learned about myself is um, I don't ever want to be like a true laborer. I don't want to have to work physically hard all day long every day. But I do want to physically work hard enough hours of the week to 
like convince myself that I'm still a man, you know, and uh, <laughs> flat betting allows me to do that. You know, I get like four to 10 hours a week of like reminding myself that I can do things. And then the rest of the time I can just drive. And uh, Central Oregon's a cool outfit. If you like OTR, you like driving and you like flatbed, um, uh, it's a really good, good place to work because you make good money doing OTR flatbed there. So that's good. So the money's good and they kind of, and you know, what's the home time like? You can kind of swing. I, I mean, I kind of see you. I've they're, seen people comment on your post. Their, their home time is really flexible, honestly. Obviously, there's some barriers geographically depending on where you live. If you live in the Midwest or on the East Coast, it's not going to be as flexible as if you live on the West Coast where our freight is really high. But where I live in Oregon, I could be home every day, every weekend, every other weekend, five days a month, really anything in between. They've always been really flexible with me as far as how I want to do it. Usually at the beginning of the year, like right now, um, I'll run like two, three, four weeks at a time make that money and then go home for a couple of days. And then as we get later on in the year, when I have more things going on at home with my family and birthdays, anniversaries, these things, I'll be home quite a bit more frequently. So I really just, um, just go by what I have going on in my personal life and what's going on at home. And they're really good about meeting me with those needs, you know, on their end. So it's, it's a pretty good system really. No, that's awesome. And yeah, and, the, and that's, a, I think that's, there's a huge disconnect, like with other drivers in the industry, they, you know, when it comes to home time where they, I mean, depending on the company you're working with, it's re it's, it's really regional specific. So like, this is more, so they're definitely like, if you're a guy who wants to live on the road and you're East of I-35, then central Oregon's good. But if, you know, if you need to get back every 10, 14 days or every week, so if being West of 35 would probably be better. You know, more, yeah, or, even, I mean, or even west of the Rockies more. So we, we have quite a few guys. Um, I have a few buddies that live on the East Coast for this company and they they do really good. They make really good money, but you have to pretty much be willing to be an OTR driver. You're not going to be a regional or a local driver at that point. You're going to be doing coast to coast runs, which means you're going to be out 10 to 14 days minimum, you know, enough time to do a full turn coast to coast. And if you're happy with that schedule, it's a great place to work and you'll make really decent money. If you need to be home every weekend, every other weekend, and you live on the East Coast, it may not be the best fit. Yeah. And it's kind of in the name. It is called Central Oregon. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we kind of got it locked down there on the door and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all right there. So, it's lo I'm assuming it's located in Central Oregon. What is the, well, you know, what is the pay scale like? What is it for starting drivers? You know, how do you get, you know, what are the raises, you know, TARP pay? Um, right now our, our pace, we don't really have a variable scale. Everyone makes the same. Our OTR guys make 64 cents per mile. Um, and we make a hundred dollars tart pay. We have a few other, you know, added incentives and stuff in there, but that's really the bulk of it is just 64 cents a mile and a hundred dollars for tarping. Our average OTR driver, I think the average annual is somewhere around $92,000 annualized. So pretty decent money. And that can go a lot higher depending on how ambitious you want to be, obviously. Yeah. If you want, like, I mean, if you, if you want to stay out for three, four weeks at a clip, you know, you can, yeah. you can rake in good money. And um, or now what's that? If you're like me and you want to do like the, the, the things that no one else wants to do, like recover trucks and 
um, you know, coming on the weekend and tarp loads and stuff like that, you can make quite a bit more money, but not everyone's stupid like me and is going to do that. So there's a trade-off. No. So that's all. So that you're, so what you're saying is central Oregon has like opportunities to make some side cash just outside of driving. Like, Hey, you want to come in and, you know, pre-tarp these loads for guys who are going to roll out on Monday that dude, that's, that's an opportunity that doesn't exist other places. You know, with, I don't really want to be a walking central Oregon truck company infomercial, but I will tell you that uh, at, this is the only company I've ever worked for where if I do things outside of my job description, I actually get paid for them. I'm pretty used to companies taking advantage of my work ethic. I'm not used to people actually paying me when I go above and beyond and they always have. So it's one of the reasons I stay when I do extra work, they pay me. So it makes it really handy. No, man, that that's rare. Even people who are in the corporate world are like friends of mine who went to college and like move on. Like they'll have a manager or somebody quit and then they get stuck with all those responsibilities, but they don't get a raise or a promotion. You know, that's like the fucking norm in yeah, like cor- corporate America. But like out here, when it comes to drivers and you find a company like that, if you're doing more, no, nah, fucking, and, you know, and they're, and they're like, no, we'll pay you for it. And it's like, what, really? You know, it's almost shocking. But no, that's really good. Yeah, I, I mean, Sometimes you don't, I guess, if you don't say anything, you know, um, if they don't know something extra happened, then they don't know to pay you. But every time I've given them information about whatever's going on with my load, if I have to do extra labor to make it happen or run into issues, almost every single time I'll see more money on my paycheck. So it just makes it really easy to handle those crappy days if you know you're going to get paid a little bit more if you do the, the hard work, you know? Yeah, for sure. Now, when it comes to equipment wise, how many, how many trucks total are at central Oregon? Is this like, a, you guys smaller, like 300, 100, um, how many do you think? Central Oregon truck company. I think our fleet is at 280 trucks is the last number that I heard. So roughly 300 trucks, but we also operate two other companies, Levitt's Freight Service and Hornady Transportation. I think all three of those companies combined is around 800 trucks. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, kind of a borderline, not really a mega in itself because they keep themselves separate. But that's great. And is it just strictly on Oregon side? Is it you just strictly on the skateboards? Do you guys have any uh, step deck RGN stuff over there? Do you move any equipment? Um, Very, very little. We We are predominantly... We're basically 100% open deck. However, we do have a very small fraction, a couple of dedicated deals where there's like double drop trailers. But for the most part, it's all flatbeds. Um, and some of we do have Conestoga or roll top trailers and curtain side trailers, but predominantly it's just flatbed company. Oh, awesome, man. No, that's good. You know, I, I, I really wanted you to come on here and highlight that because, I mean, I in other episodes and guys I've talked to, you know, all we, you know, we shit talk mega carriers and there's so much. I mean, right. I, I'm a big proponent of trying to fix the turnover in this industry because the turnover is a huge fucking problem. You know, guys not getting paid it's what a, they deserve. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a hard problem in the industry. You know, having spent some time in the recruiting side of trucking, I can tell you that it's. It's a, yeah, it's definitely a huge issue. And um, if you can find companies where people are sticking around, that says a lot, especially in this market in this day and age, you know? Yeah, it's a driver's market. So it's just, I, I, that's one of the biggest reasons why I want to have you on here is to highlight that, hey, you know, there's a lot of problems in this industry, but there's good companies out there who are looking out for drivers 
And, you know, you do a lot. Of, I mean, you know, Jesse's on TikTok making very transparent videos about his pay and stuff like that. And that's and I talked about that with other guys on the show is like when people are transparent about the pay, like that's one of the perks of TikTok is like that open transparency. And you get on there and you're doing it that's, for free. That's what I really that's something that I care about a lot, too, is there's so much misinformation. We've all seen it. And there's a certain amount of ego that gets wrapped up that certain people or creators might have about um, putting incorrect information out about wages. And so I think the more of us that can be honest and transparent about what what the market really is, what you can really make as a company guy or a lease guy or an owner operator, the better we're all going to be able to make the most informed decisions for us in the industry, you know, so a lot of people like to use generalized numbers or create a number that's like the ideal scenario if everything absolutely goes right all year long. Uh, that doesn't really help anybody out. If you can show week to week, month to month, exactly what you make, um, that gives everybody the best option to make an informed decision. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what got me, you know, it's, you know, um, I, you know, I do own my own truck. I financed it through TLG Peterbilt. And that's what got me over to Warren Transport was seeing my friend Ben, he would show me his statements, tell me about his weeks and everything right. like that. And that, that's, that's why I came over here or else, you know, I wouldn't have known to take the risk or anything like that. Now, does, does Central Oregon have any owner ops or any lease thing or is it just strict, strictly company guys? We're a hundred percent company drivers. We don't okay. have any lease lease operators at our company okay and yeah and you guys don't lease on like i can't bring my truck over to you guys uh no okay no that's that, that that's good it's yeah. just for anybody any of the listeners out there curious but you know on, on the topic of uh you know the content you being transparent so what uh you know you you, you boast that you got good number of followers on there on tiktok How, how'd that happen you know what uh what skyrocketed you out there and got so, you into the algo verse I, I spent a year working in the office for my company. And when I came back out on the road, which was July of 2000, what's it been two years now? So I think it was July of 2021. I came back out on the road. And when I did, um, I had some people at work that were really encouraging me. Hey, because before I went in the office, I was making some YouTube videos, doing a little bit of content. I never gave it enough time to actually have it go anywhere, but I people had, who had seen that, they encouraged me. They said, you should pick up with it again. And then um, my wife really was the one kind of encouraging me to get on TikTok because she says, you know, there's a lot of truckers on TikTok. I had the app, but I'd never made any content. It was something mostly that I'd scroll at night, you know, for entertainment or whatever. And, uh, I got on there and I started making these goofy videos like I do. And I really didn't have any expectation of it taken off because I recognized that I like my ability to get with the program as far as formatting and trends was just none. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do, you know? And uh, I was pretty surprised though, after a couple of months of posting pretty regular, it started to just slowly but surely take off. And um, it's gotten to the point now where, you know, I have it's it's uh, the platform that's gotten me the most um, of everything that you can expect to get from posting Internet content. You know, a lot of engagement and it's opened up opportunities. I've met people through the app. And, you know, if it wasn't for that for TikTok, I don't think you and I would be talking on this podcast. So it definitely has opened up a lot of avenues for me. And um, I can't really say that I was planning on it or that 
that was my goal all along. It was more or less just some entertainment for me and my buddies and people affiliated with my company, you know, so I could show what we were doing on the road and it kind of just took off from there. No, it's awesome. So yeah, you just, you didn't really plan on doing it. And yeah, I've, I've highlighted that on some previous episodes because I know that TikTok's ripping society apart. I know that China's spying on us and all that, you know, stuff like that. Kids are freaking killing themselves with whatever new challenge they're doing, but for drivers, what it's done to connect, reconnect drivers and kind of, uh, help with the loneliness and help with transparency and stuff like that. I, there is a positive, you know, trend for it. And that's, that, that is actually kind of commendable. I mean, I guess fixing. The I, whole... uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you, man. I've noticed too. Um, there's always some negative and like, if you've seen my content, you might see, I kind of poke fun at the comment section. I like highlight negative comments each week and make videos about it. But overall, I would say of all the platforms I use, I feel like, the positivity is highest on TikTok because I'll post the same minute 30 second video on TikTok as I do on Facebook. And just the sheer amount of negativity I'll receive like on Facebook versus what I'll get on TikTok is unreal. You know, and it, on TikTok, you get a lot of support. You get a lot of community. Um, we've developed some relationships with people on the platform that um, are pretty strong for just being an internet relationship, you know, where we can count on each other, seek out advice. Um, and frankly, I've learned a lot off of that app from other people posting information, you know, whether it's practical knowledge, hands-on things that people show, or just um, information in general that gets out there. It's pretty cool. Uh, you know, we have a marketplace with TikTok that we really don't have um, on many other platforms for a lot of reasons, but the short form and just the open access to everyone is is pretty unique. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, especially for this side, for this kind of trade, like because no, the information that's and I said it on episode one of the podcast and on one of my YouTube videos that the only reason I'm making content is because I benefited from other people. So now I just want to get my little slice of the pie in there because hey, maybe right. it'll help. Maybe it'll help another dude. Um, but yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and your videos are great and informative. And it's just, yeah, I'm not going to lie. That's some of your most comedy is when you pull out the the negative ones and just yeah. your, and just kind of your, like the, the, uh, the way, like your tone of voice and how you address it is just like, so yeah, it's, it's a character that's like second to none, like how you address those people. Like, so, because they want to get a rise out of you and just kind of how like, um, you you like make yourself look ignorant to what they're trying to say and how you like the one where you you uh some guy said no company wants to hire some kid who makes tiktoks all day and then you called the company and asked if you can <laughs> and asked if you can make tiktok videos like just like something like so so like counteractive like that is something that's like not done before so so with that so how did you meet joe joe seppi okay joe, you guys joe, are a team yeah i mean there is no me without Joe Seppi, that's for sure. So uh, Joe and I actually met in 2019 at orientation for Central Oregon Truck. That's where we that's where we met, and we made pretty fast friends. And we've been, um, I mean, I can honestly say, legitimately, Joe is my best friend in real life, and our bonds have been strong ever since then. And we've kind of just been working and goofing around together ever since. Oh, so oh, so you guys started at the same time at orientation. Yeah, we did. Um, I I showed up to orientation eleven o'clock on a Sunday night. I banged on the door, woke him up. He had to let me in. We were roommates. It was the first time we met. 
And then uh, for some reason, he forgave me for waking him up in the middle of the night and allowed me to be his friend. So we overcame. We overcame that. No, that's awesome. And he's he's just as it's crazy because he's just as like interesting as a character as you. You guys play off each other well, like almost like Central Oregon, like hired you guys on purpose at the same time. yeah yeah both both your personalities are just so like you know your dual personalities in it together so you were with them recently you've been making content with them recently what were you guys team driving or were you guys what were you guys doing where you were all where you were able to be together uh for such a long period of time like that recently i joe and i got yeah we this last run that we were able to pull off was pretty sweet um he had a load from, I think, Washington State to Texas, and I had a load from Oregon to Texas. This was like the first couple of days of the year. And um, we just kind of set it up to where, like, I, I stayed back and waited for him, and then he caught up with me, and then we ran to Texas together. We had to split up because I think he was going to Dallas. I was going to San Antonio. And then uh, one of – one of our TikTok followers um, had freight out of the Lubbock area and contacted the company and they coordinated it to where Joe and I could run that load together that went from Lubbock to Meridian, Idaho. So we got to do that run together right after that. And then um, by just like the perfect storm, they happened to have two loads loading out of Idaho going to South Carolina and we were able to run together from Idaho to South Carolina too. And then uh, from there, we had a loads that kind of piggybacked both going to Phoenix and we were able to run for a few more days going to Phoenix too. And finally the party ended, we had to split off. I went to Southern California and he went up to Washington and um, now he's on home time, but hopefully fingers crossed, if we come, if we get in the same area again, we try to run together as much as we can, because obviously, um, the content goes a lot better. It's so much easier for me to make a video if I have him to bounce off of than sitting in the truck on my own trying to figure it out in my head, you know? Yeah, it is, it is hard to come, like, think up solo videos, but it's it's crazy because the ones that pop off the most are people who just, like, talk about their day and, like, the simplest things, they did, especially well, for like, the drivers, yeah. That's uh, been something that's really rewarding for me to watch is um, watching Joe and his content, and if people maybe some people here aren't familiar, but he does content where he takes small clips all day long of what he's doing. And then he edits them together down. Um, and it's, it's really phenomenal just to see how many people watch and how many people stay for the end of those videos. They're long videos and his retention rate is really high. And, um, it's been rewarding for me just to watch him take off the way that he has and gain the traction and engagement that he has from uh, what him and I will joke about it sometimes. Cause it's like, why do people even care what we're doing? We're just out here driving a truck or whatever, but um, it's unique enough to where I think it does draw a lot of people in. Cause you know, it's a, it's a lifestyle that not everyone is, is familiar with that they have some access to then. Yeah. It's you'd be surprised at how interested people are. I, I just recently had some guests on who are like people in the tech industry and, you know, they always just have so many questions for me, even down to like, so why is parking an issue? And then you tell them about the parking issues and they're like, right. oh, my God, I never thought about that. And they're like, and I'm like, and it, it seems almost like crazy that how, it's like, wait, how did you how can you never think about that? But it's so true. People love that access. And yeah, videos like yours and, and Joe's are just so easy to digest. Like they're just like 
and that's what that's what it is and it's it's that for some reason that attention is just out there and, and hormozy talks about this about how the new oil is attention and like you right. and you and you and joe are really good at it because attention is what is what what wins you money now like if you can get people's attention then you're going to get their money and like yeah and you you and joe have like mastered that keeping somebody's attention because like in your videos all you're doing <laughs> You're not even like it's almost like you're not talking about anything like you, you, right. or you or you start talking about something and then you and then you purposely get off track uh, yeah. about something about something else. And, it, and that's what keeps people going, because you're about to talk about something with trucking and then you'll branch off and talk about your wife or you'll branch off and talk about a restaurant. And it's like, dude, and yeah, it, it gets it gets me watching because I want to know what you I want to know what you're going to finish about. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes me laugh sometimes myself just to see how sometimes i surprise myself with how tangential my brain can really be but uh you know if you're starting off talking about securing a load and then next thing i know i'm talking about something that happened to me when i was 12 and trying to get it back to, to whatever i'm doing you know it, it's kind of a fun challenge on those videos but uh i mean i think kind of the magic of it for me is i enjoy making them so if people enjoy watching them that's an added benefit but i try really hard to make videos that i also enjoy you know and yeah hopefully they take off absolutely and uh so let's talk about you know there's a there's a facebook group on there and i saw you make a post about it you know uh, on tiktok you said hey we have a facebook group called supply chain crisis actors and so i, <laughs> I went i went ahead and hop in there now you you i think you said before the show that this is something that joe coined so well, yeah what's yeah. the story behind it because i i love okay. that whole term so um this is so beautiful what this was january of 2021 kind of when um we were dealing with a lot of it you know when the supply chain crisis was in the news all the time so we did a load together where i had a delivery to make near our company terminal he was at the terminal i asked him to come with me to make this delivery so he came with me I set up my tripod like I generally do for my loads and we're working the load. And I didn't realize he was doing this or what he was saying until I went to go edit, but he was coming up to the camera periodically and just saying goofball stuff into the camera as we were working the load. And one of the things he said is he comes up to the camera and he said, um, a lot of people have accused me of being a paid supply chain crisis actor. And I think he just came up with it on his, the top of his head. And he was just like, I'm just here to say that's not true. And he walked away. And as soon as I was editing that video and I saw that and I heard that phrase, I said, that's it, man. That's the funniest thing I've heard in a long time. So that's kind of like we've hashtagged it. And like when him and I run together, uh, we'll usually always do some kind of spoof off of that with the supply chain crisis actors. And so when we made that Facebook group, that's what we named it. And that's kind of like um, what we call our little club of, I sound gross when I say fans or followers, but yeah, that's kind of the club we've created for people that follow us is the supply chain crisis actors. No, it's, it's cool that you guys did, did that and made a Facebook group because it's, it, it's, I mean, uh, I'd say in for truckers and I, t I talk to brokers and other people about this is that Facebook is still a good place is a place where a lot of drivers still network and network for jobs. Sure. And yeah. so, I mean, through that Facebook group, because like in even just a place where a guy, even though they're, you know, it's, I know it seems weird to call them fans or um, right. stuff like that, because, you know, we, you know we, you're a real, you're just a regular person. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're not like, you know, you don't consider yourself a celebrity or anything like that. You're just, you're just Jesse. And, but 
you made a platform for people to come together. And, you know, my friends at Hard Factor did the same thing. They got a podcast and they, they we have a discord and we all shoot the shit. And what you guys made by doing that is you made a place. I mean, look at how many guys you brought over to Central Oregon because of that Facebook group. I mean, yeah. you, you, gave, you gave guys jobs and changed their lives and, and, you know, gave them a good paycheck to come home about because of the positive energy and the humor and the laughter that you and, you know, you and Joe brought into their lives. And like in right. that Facebook group is a huge, in that Facebook group is chock full of nothing but positivity. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's really cool to, to have a place where you can post media. You know, one of the things about TikTok, you can't post pictures or videos easily in the comments. It's harder to engage with people. You can't search or poll comments. So one of the biggest reasons I wanted to start that Facebook group was so that we had an easy way of communicating with people that we could stay on top of a little better because, um, you know, in a perfect world, I would respond to every comment I got on TikTok, but it's just not realistic. When you get up in the morning and you have thousands of notifications, it's really difficult to stay on top of those, but it's more difficult on TikTok because once you've seen it, it's gone. You have to scroll way back to ever find it again, where at least on Facebook, you can still search by name or you can see someone and see what they have posted. And you have different ways that you could actually go back and try to do a little bit better job of engaging with people that want, you know, to engage with you. So that's been rewarding. Yeah, there's definitely perks to having Facebook like replying. Yeah, because I've noticed like on TikTok's notifications page, like you'll lose track of comments because I had oh. a few videos pop off. And yeah, you lose track of people's comments and, and the replies it, like it's really disorganized. And then also, yeah, if you say anything bad about China or if you um, there's, a few, <laughs> there's a few things you can't say on, on that, that won't that won't pump it out, which is always funny. But you so you guys try to get back into YouTube and then. uh you, like because you guys were making some YouTube videos and then a quick egress. So it was just the editing because YouTube is tough. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I give I give those guys credit, and I saw Joe was kind of you know he's like, yeah, we Joe, can't. I don't know where he's gonna land. I don't want to speak for Joe, um, but he he has a format for the videos and the content that I make do not translate well to YouTube because of how I edit and the style that I'm using. However, Joe doing what he was doing um, works really well for the YouTube format because it's a longer video. Um, so he, and then we started having a problem with his content where TikTok was suppressing it. They would put the dangerous acts warning on there, which would kind of keep it out of the algorithm. And, um, you know, and then he was just having problems staying where he needed to stay with engagement. So he decided to take, take it over to YouTube instead, which, unfortunately created a lot of other problems that he didn't really necessarily realize was going to happen at the time. Um, in a perfect world, he probably would continue to put them on YouTube, but uh, it, we're in a weird time for content creation because with community guideline standards that are so vague and hard to interpret, but like punitively enforced, um, it's really difficult on multiple platforms to create consistent, engaging content without getting some sort of punitive re retraction on your content for reasons that you can't talk to anybody about or have any recourse on. So you kind of just have to eventually swallow the pill and do the best you can with what we have, right? I deal with that on TikTok. You know, I've had videos taken down on TikTok too for benign reasons. I've re I've uh, done stitches with videos where people are screaming and yelling at me and I stitched that video 
to and i usually don't scream and yell back oh never do actually i usually do kind of a humorous take on it and then i will get cited for bullying and harassment because i'm responding to their video or they're bullying and harassing me you know so it's like you can't win almost across the platforms and then youtube has its own problems with copyright enforcement that's strict and vague it's hard to stay out of the way if you have any kind of recording in public places you'll get demonetized so just there's just a lot of things that you have to to juggle if you want to try to you know make a couple of dollars after making these videos all day long so yeah it's pretty wild how you know it's like you know we work in an industry that's so heavily regulated and then on the content creation side of things they're trying to make ai and all this technology be able to regulate it just as strict as something as trucking where you know and where it's just firing off all these things yeah like so you know like if you like youtube asks like are there any children in this video or something like that and then yeah i've had like a couple of my shorts which are just like workout videos say that they're not being shown in russia and belarus because of the song, because <laughs> of a song, and I'm like, how is this? I was like, why? Well, I, I, I was like, is, I, I was like, isn't Russia the bad guy, anyways? Aren't I? It's not supposed Dude, to. Dude, that yeah. would that would make me furious. Could you imagine all the revenue you're missing out on in Belarus? Oh for yeah, workout content. Yeah, you know, you like. There's, I'm sure there's people in Belarus just dying to figure, you know, do a 20 minute imam that that I'm doing at a, you know, at a piss covered parking lot at a at a Flying J. You know, it's just, I'm I'm really missing out on some watch hours there. You're, You're like right. not Belarus. That was my cash cow. Oh my yeah, god, Jesus! They, they were my fucking target audience. Are you kidding? Yeah, dude, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's too much. Yeah, it's uh it's hard. Um, I mean, I don't want to sound like those guys that is whiny about getting attention on the internet, but it's it's hard to be a content creator in that you I mean, you can't just do the same thing every day on autopilot. There's a lot of stuff that we have to do beside behind the scenes on a daily basis to make sure that our videos still get seen, that we have the ability to recapture some of that time and some sort of revenue off of it, you know, and if you don't if you don't actively participate in it, then you won't be successful. So it, it does become something resembling work after a while, choose be told. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it eventually does. It's because I remember, yeah, before I remember before, you know, having that boomer mentality of just like, oh, these people, you know, all they're doing is dancing and all that stuff. And yeah, I think, you know, the dancing or whatever, I, I don't really care. But like, in reality, you, you're, you're, you are providing value, like what you're putting out there and to regularly do that there's a value to it that's worth money. And even, right. you know, even, you know, I don't make any money from this podcast or any of the content I create, but in a way it's made value. I mean, I do help coach guys on their fitness and nutrition, you know, on the first form map. And I've, I talk to guys on TikTok about fitness all the time. And I've had people send me messages and texts like, oh, you're the reason why I got, you know, I went for a walk today. And so clearly there's value to what yeah. you know, people do if they're making regular content. So no, and, and you're right when it comes to making it like sitting down and recording a podcast, like, you have to sit down and take time. This is time I could be working out, cooking food, you know, talking to my wife, you know, doing sure. doing any anything else, you know. And really, at the end of the day, I'm not making this podcast for me. I'm making it to get you know to get other people's stories out there, to get information, you know, about the issues about the trucking industry, and to just you know keep this conversation going with with drivers. So no, it's true. You, I'm not gonna lie, man. You you put out a lot of value for people. You're doing a, you're doing great stuff out there. 
and you, you know you're a breath of fresh air to to the toxicity that does go on in TikTok. You know, without without a doubt, you know you're it's the big reason why I need. You know, as soon as you came across my for you page, I was like, I gotta I gotta talk to this guy because <laughs> his story is important and what you're doing is equally as important, man. So definitely, I appreciate you know, that. I mean, if if I were to be known for one thing, I feel like I would want to be positive content you know i do a lot of goofing around um i do a lot of silly stuff on there but at the end of the day if i had a message to bring to anyone in the trucking industry it would be that this job can be really fun it doesn't have to be this thing because i mean i'm not trying to talk bad on any creators out there i'm really not but we've all scrolled through tiktok or these platforms we use where it's just one long diary of the mouth complaint about how awful the day the industry people it's just like i think everyone's kind of at saturation for that kind of content i would like to see more people highlight the positivity or at least show that when bad things happen or things that are stressful happen you can still have a positive take on it you don't have to internalize it and be uh, you know one of these grumpy fellas about it all the time no man you 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 couldn't have you couldn't have said it more perfectly than that. I think I mean unless you got anything else. I mean I think that's a great way great way to si- sign it out. Yeah, no, I hey I appreciate you having me, and I I hope maybe sometime again we can have a conversation. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff we could talk about where our interests cross. You know, health and nutrition and trucking and these things. There's, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Well, you, you mentioned on a flatbed earlier about being active and I also off the rip and I mentioned this in early episodes, I was going to start, you know, because I started driving only in 2020 and I was going to initially go to go to Maverick because they had a school okay. and everything. Yeah. And um, but then I found out the hair tested and I had only stopped smoking weed like two months before. And so I was like, uh, right. it's not it's not worth the risk. And <laughs> that's why. And so that's why I ended up starting at Pam. So I initially always want to do flatbed for the reason of it being harder. And like yeah. it being more physically, physically active. And now that I'm finally here doing this RGN stuff and using chains and stuff like, yeah, it, it's, I encourage it all around. So I did like, and I mean, shit, watching, watching you doing flatbed stuff pumped me up for it. I was like, yeah, this is what I need to be doing. This, this is what I want to be doing. So we definitely have some cross interests. I'd, I'd yeah. definitely love to have you back on, you know, in a few months. Well, whenever you want to come on, you just hit me up Excellent. and I'd love, I'd love to have both you and Joe on, you know, yeah, it would be great. Um, when, you know, here before too long, I'm sure we'll be linked up again together. And if we can get on, you know, the three of us, that would be a pretty cool conversation. Definitely. Yeah. Cause I'd love to hear some of your stories and, you know, kind of what your, you know, what, what some of your guys' future plans are or anything like that. But yeah, man, no, I, I can't, can't thank you enough for coming on. I mean, I know, uh, you know, home time's important and you're out there hanging out with family right now. So, you know, it means a lot, you know, for you to jump on and, you know, shoot the shit with me about, you know, what it is you're doing. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Let's and hey, if, unless you got anything else you want to you want to shell out there before before I let you go. Um, I can't think of anything offhand, man. All right. You no, know, like I said, I didn't want to I don't want to make it feel like I was cutting you off or anything. But no, uh, no, but, good deal. Yeah. Before we, before we go though, where can where can the people find you? You know, you're you're on. We obviously talked about TikTok a lot, but where where are you at? If you type my first and last name into whichever CD corner of the internet you hang out in, I probably have content posted there. It's Jesse Barrymore. That's my username across all platforms. Awesome. And that's B-A-R-E-M-O-R-E. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So you can find him there. Big on TikTok. And hey, if you're looking for a really um, fun, positive uh 
you know, social, you know, Facebook group to be a part of, and you're interested in talking to other drivers out there, go come become a supply chain crisis actor. Yeah, right? we need more actors. The supply yeah. chain needs your help. Yeah, we need more paid actors of the supply chain crisis. So feel free to find it. And as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you need to find me, uh, I'm at Lombard Trucking. And with that, we'll see you guys on the next one. Take care. All right. Thank you so much, man. Absolutely. Dude.